You're listening to Potter Nonsense, a podcast with me and Ray. Welcome to Potter Nonsense. I'm Fee. And I'm Ray. And it's been a minute, so it's bear with us. It's been a hot second. It's, it's been a hot second. I literally just asked, how do we start this again? <laughs> uh, um, yes, well, life gets in the way, my dears, and um, that is really it. Mm. So, we'll just jump right into it. Tonight, uh, or today, wherever you may be listening to this in the world, we are going to be discussing uh, identity crises crises in the Harry Potter universe based on what house you were put in as an 11-year-old. Yes, because I'm certainly not the same person I was when I was 11. Are you the same person you know when you were 11, right? I would really hope not because she was a whiny little bitch. (laughs) Just throwing it out there. Um, No, no, I'm not. And this is the thing that I've always had a little bit of an issue with in terms of the sorting hat. While it is a cool concept to sort kids into where they're going to be living for the next, you know, however many years they're there, uh, it is also not a really great way to discern someone's personality because personality is fluid. It is ever-changing. Your personality changes as you learn new things. Mm. Uh, Your personality changes as you go through situations. Um, And sometimes your personality can be influenced in such a way that if at 11 years old you're told you have to be this way, you it would really kind of set you up for failure as a young adult where you go, well, I just did something that wasn't very Gryffindor. What am I? Mm. And not to mention if you are raised in a culture that is based around a particular personality trait, you also don't get the opportunities for growth that you would get from not being in that situation. Mm. Mm-hmm. So while, while there's definitely the um, moment where you're like, I don't think I'm what I've been told I am this whole time, there's also things that you might have learned are not the ideal way to be, but you'd never know because everyone around you thinks that that's great. Yeah. Um, it's, it's also like, I'm not, I'm not saying that personality traits and, you know, hierarchies of personality and things like the, um, uh, Myers-Briggs personality test aren't a thing. I'm purely saying that at one stage of your life, when you are still a child, because that's what 11 year olds are, your personality is going to evolve as you hit, you know, 13 and 14 and 15 all the way up until, I mean, hell, I'm 30 this year and I am definitely not the same person I was 10 years ago mm. or even th- five years ago for that matter. Yeah, I think that in in many cases I give people a lot of leeway with their behaviour up until about 25 years old. 25 mm-hmm. years old, your brain is fully developed. You are a grown-up. You are fully responsible for your actions. That's not to say that I think don't think that people should be punished if they do something absolutely horrific before they're 25. I'm just saying that there are certain things like making a very stupid joke while you are on a bunch of substance, substances at 23 years old. You have some leeway with me. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, right. I it's just it's, it's becoming glaringly obvious as I get older that I am now an adult because I look at some of the young juniors that I train at my workplace and I sort of go, "Oh, 
why don't you know this? Oh, that's right. You're 20. (laughs) Um, Mm. I I mean, saying... I I was having a discussion with the apprentice hairdresser at my hairdresser and there was this moment where I actually made her realize that maybe one of her friends is in a really bad situation because she was talking about a 17 year old friend of 17 or 18 year old friend of hers who is in a relationship with a guy that's nearly 40. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I was like, I think that there is room for relationships with that large of a gap, but not before the younger one is 25. Because if we're talking about a 20-year-old and a 40-year-old, that 40-year-old has been an adult for as long as the 20-year-old has been alive. They've got all Uh of this experience. They know what's going on. And one... It's it's what what do you have to share with each other, mm, <laughs> and right? and two, what is wrong with you that women your own age don't want you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a glaring indicator. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's just it's great, and I I am a I am a diehard Gryffindor. We all know this. I'm. Mm-hmm. I do things that are just kind of like, oh, yeah, you're definitely a Gryffindor. But there are there are little pieces of, say, Slytherin and Ravenclaw that I definitely appreciate. Like I am when I'm studying, I'm a really studious student and I really uh, like learning and I like, you know, doing all those typical Ravenclaw things. But at the end of the day, if someone crosses my friends, I will, like, no fucks given, I will end that person as a Slytherin. Like... I'm ambitious and I work hard and, and you know, all those things that uh, make Slytherin Slytherin, um, I sort of kind of embody at the same time as well. Mm. Um, so, I mean, while it's all fun to be like, oh, you're a hard, hardcore Gryffindor, like there are some people that I literally look at and go, you don't fit anywhere else. Uh, I do also kind of know that, well, you know, that person who is a hard right Gryffindor is also a very smart person, but they also really like cooking and eating and they're really friendly with everyone. So they fit into Hufflepuff as well. It's, it's your, your, your house should not determine your personality. Your house should just your house. Yeah. I lead Hufflepuff because it's a reasonable thing to do in the world, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I am at my core in that Slytherin zone. Yeah. I saw it actually really mapped out so well the other day. I saw uh, your sun sign, your moon sign, and your rising. So oh, I like, okay. I would be like, I would be like a, a Gryffindor sun with a Slytherin mood and a raisin, Ravenclaw rising mm-hmm. because I identify mostly with the traits of a Gryffindor. But if you push me, I will also fit into Slytherin and I also do sort of fit into the Ravenclaw. I like, like it. I really, yeah, I really, really enjoyed that because it's like, oh, well, that that makes sense from an astrology perspective because I am Slytherin is my, uh, sorry, Scorpio is my sun, uh, my sun sign, my moon sign is an Aries, and my rising is a Capricorn. I don't know I what mine are. I can't remember. I may have those the other way around. Oh no, 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 Aries because my moon sign and my mom's sun sign are the same. Anyway, mm. point is, I think that's a really cool way to look at it. With us, between you and I, with us born like 
within the same sun sign zone. Are my things the same as your things? No, because your moon sign and your rising sign um, are determined by the date and time and alignment of the stars at the exact moment of your birth. Right, Hold okay. I'll find the calculator for you. Um, um, it's really, really, really easy to um, – oh, which one is it? Uh, it's really easy to calculate. I've just got to find the right one. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I really kind of enjoy that sort of um, take on it because mm. while astrology, you know, it's a bit of pseudoscience at the end of the day, it's fascinating and I love it and I'm so into astrology, it's not funny. Um, it, it's a really cool way to also look at personality. Um, I kind of see the houses sometimes as your, your star signs. Yes. Like – now, before we get started, I just want you to check your text right now mm. because we've had some new listeners since we last put up an episode and that is the shape of our listens for the last month. Oh, hello. That's, <laughs> um, that's interesting. I'm not sure what spurred this. I don't know where, I don't know if we have been plugged somewhere. I have no idea. No one has alerted me to this. So um, if you are new, please let us know where you found us so we can thank someone. <laughs> yes, please. Um, please, please, please. Yeah, that, that was a lot. So we have listeners in, let me see. Um, so our major listenership is as always, the United States. Thank you, all of you, even Hello. though we say mean things about you at times. Um, but yes, it's okay, because everyone says mean things about us. True. Um, so 64% American, 20% Australian, 7% United Kingdom, 5% Canada, and then a bunch of 1%, including Denmark, Finland, Reunion, Philippines, Malawi, the oh, Netherlands, Canada. Japan, Romania, Austria, Brazil, and France. Oh, hello there. So, welcome. Um, I hope you enjoy the way we talk. Yeah. <laughs> and that you stick around. Um, yes, hello, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the nonsense. Yes. <laughs> I don't um, know why you're still around, but yes, hi. <laughs> So we will be posting fortnightly um, from here on in, hopefully. Um, I have a new, very intensive job, so things have been a bit difficult on my end and they've been similarly difficult on Ray's end, but we do intend to continue with this show. And mm -hmm. we would love to hear from you. Um, we would especially love topics from you because we can't think of there's so many ideas out there that we could be talking about. And like, there's so like, I will be browsing the interwebs and I'll see something that I haven't thought about before. And I'll be like, yeah, okay. Okay. That's a thing. That's a thing that I can really sink my teeth into. And this would be the place to do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Pretty much. Um, okay. Okay, deviating again. Uh, this time you can keep it in. So I found the birth chart thing. My 
moon sign is a cancer and my ascending is Aries. So I did get those flicked around and I got Capricorn and cancer confused. I'm very sorry. <laughs> um, let me send that to you so you can to do it To be as fair, well. they're both tropics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, whoops, that's not you. I almost sent that to someone else. <laughs> yeah, very quick, very easy to do. Um, I also had Mercury and Scorpio and uh, Pluto and Scorpio. It's fun. Hmm. The planet of death and the planet of war. Nah. No, wait, Mercury's not war. Mars is war. I'm doing real well tonight. Uh, but yes, anyway, so back to on topic, what we were saying. So I opened Pinterest. I opened Pinterest, right? Because if anywhere is going to have your personality aesthetics, it's going to be Pinterest. Yeah. So I just typed in Slytherin aesthetic and it's got things like graphics that say give no fucks, take no orders, smash the prisons and the borders and aren't we all sinners and what I create is chaos and ambition and like just really edgy like everything's green obviously the stuff that I put on MySpace in 2008 yeah yeah so like actually that's a bit too late for that but yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah like 2006 maybe yeah 2006 would be the time um it's all real I was 14 and edgy as fuck (laughs) oh I know good lord um and then you go Raven. Oh, no, wait. I'll go Hufflepuff next. Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff aesthetic is like yellows and sunshine and uh, Hufflepuff, love all, trust few, do no wrong and um, brutally soft and things like that. So it's still edgy but it's like that edgy with a warm feeling to it. Um, and then Gryffindor is that going homespun to be- edginess. Yeah, it's like really like sunflowers and rainbows. Um, and then obviously Gryffindor's Pinterest aesthetic boards are maroons and golds and brave enough to dream and inhale courage and courage isn't about not being afraid. It's about being afraid and doing something anyway. So it's all about like really confidence boosting things. Um, and then Ravenclaw, we could have a hazard a guest. Uh, as to it's going to be very scholarly with books and mystery and, yep, there we go, Uh, accept the mystery and lots of navy blues and wisdom and intelligence and genius type things. So it's like it's very much typecasted straight off the bat, which is great. I love these aesthetics because it really, most people do fit into an aesthetic of one thing or another. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's really cute and all to love your Hogwarts house, but I think it's also – I really, really enjoyed redoing the Sorting House quiz. Uh, like when Pottermore first came out, where, what year was that? That would have been like 2009, 2010. Um, and uh, the very first one that I got was Ravenclaw, and I was like, oh, my gosh, okay. And then I thought, well, if this is a, like a scientific test-ish – Science dictates that you have to have re- test and retestability before you can say whether it's yes or no. So I did it again and then I did it again. I did it a total of 10 times, right? So there's the Ravenclaw part of me. Yes. Um, that is the most aggressively I, Ravenclaw take you could make. Right, right. So you see why I got Ravenclaw first. But the funny thing was I did the tests over the course and it was a very controlled thing. I did the tests uh, over the course of about eight weeks. 
Um, and I got Gryffindor four times and I got Slytherin four times and then I got Ravenclaw twice. So, you know, you can see where the Ravenclaw comes from because I'm very science-based sometimes. But the fact that I got a very nice even split of Slytherin and Gryffindor really spoke a lot about actually what my internals are. Um, and it just kind of was like, oh, okay, cool. I have since done the test uh, again. I did it again a couple of years later. Um, and oh, it would have been about five years later maybe. Yeah, that would make sense because I've done it recently. And like five years later, I didn't do the sciencey things again. I was just mainly curious. Um, and I did one of the tests that was uh, you could have a look at your percentages. Um, and again, I did the test. I got Gryffindor on top for this test. And uh, then Slytherin was very close underneath. And then there was Ravenclaw. And then there was like barely any Hufflepuff. I don't know how to feel about that. Um <laughs> And then I recently did it again and this time Slytherin was on top and Gryffindor was very close underneath and Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff were pretty almost even. Um, Maybe you get no Hufflepuff because you don't like hugs. Maybe. I'm not a very touchy-feely kind of person in my personal life. I am very pragmatic and practical. Uh, Two words that I've been called uh, like fairly consistently across my time. Um, but I'm also, I don't, I don't, it's not that I don't emotion very well because I love my partner dearly and I love my dog and like I'm quite close to my friend, but I'm I'm just not a touchy-feely person. So maybe, yes, that does have a lot to do with it. I just find Hufflepuff to be a little bit wishy-washy sometimes. But Yeah, I have this, um, I personally, my approach to things is that the stronger my feelings are in a positive way, the more difficult it is for me to express them. Yeah, that makes sense. There's a line from Emma which encapsulates and completely ruined me. The quote is, if I loved you less, I might be able to talk about it more. And it's like, wow, just at me next time, Jane Austen, a person who was alive yeah. 200 years before me. <laughs> yeah, like that's, that. I feel attacked. I feel attacked. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I mean, that probably is, but I just found it interesting that but in five years, the Gryffindor had dropped a little bit. The Ravenclaw had gone up, uh, sorry, the, Slytherin had gone up a little bit and the Hufflepuff and the Ravenclaw were now very even almost. And then I, I, I sort of kind of thought about it because I was talking about this with a couple of friends who are all diehard Harry Potter fans and there was one friend who was just very proud that she was still a diehard Slytherin and there was another friend who was like, oh, I used to be a Gryffindor and now I'm a Hufflepuff. <laughs> and I was kind of thinking about like what has changed in our lives to make these changes. And I started going through like management training um, uh, uh, roughly about five years ago. Like I started getting more roles in my workplace and I started learning and doing um, more to do with looking after a select group of people in my workplace. And so I've really in that time I've had to relearn how to, you know, talk to people and curb my temper and 
but be ambitious at the same time because they're not going to give me promotions if I'm not going to work hard for them. Um, but I still have to be fearless enough to take those leaps to go, right, I'm going to try this. Oh, that didn't work. Okay, let's try this. Like personality is fluid, my dudes. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's my take-home message here. <laughs> and I do wonder, like there's that saying that people get more conservative as they get older and I find that to be completely untrue. People get more conservative as they get richer and more greedy. Yeah. <laughs> um, that That's just the basic look at it um, really. So it's one of those things where it's like maybe as you get older you get shrewder and that might get the like I'm tired is the thing. <laughs> I'm yeah. very tired. I think being this kind of tired brings out the Slytherin a little bit more. I think so. I, I I really like the concept that each house is two coins and each coin is a ref- like each house is two sides of the same coin. So like Gryffindors and Slytherins are very similar, but they have two different ways of going about things. So like a Gryffindor will just barrel on into something, whereas a Slytherin will sit back, observe, and then go and do it. And Mm -hmm. like Ravenclaws and Hufflepuffs are two sides of the same coin in the same instance that both of them like to study and they like to, you know, uh, read and creativity, that sort of thing. But Hufflepuffs are more likely to like be chill about it and just be like, oh yeah, I can like, I can paint-ish. Whereas a Ravenclaw may end up being like, I can paint, I can draw, I can play musical instruments, I can do this, and I've got a GPA of 4.0. And it's like, you know, two sides of that that coin. And alternatively, Ravenclaws can also be like, I can do this one thing and Uh I can't do anything else perfectly, so I won't try. Yeah, right? You see, like, whereas a Hufflepuff will be like, yeah, I can... I can play piano-ish. I can play chopsticks. Uh, I can pick up a paintbrush and it's like, it's cool. Um, and oh. it, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So um, on a piano playing a duet, um, Heart and Soul, <laughs> Ravenclaw <laughs> is the one that does the complicated bit and Hufflepuff does the one that's the one finger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so yeah, Ravenclaw's yeah, so- just like, do do yeah so yeah exactly um <laughs> oh sorry i just noticed something scorpio is ruled by both mars and pluto i was right before excellent i don't know i just flicked my page I meant to hit Pinterest, but I hit the astrology thing again. I also, um, I also, while we were discussing um, various astrological things, um, Mercury is currently not in re- retrograde. So if your life is fucked up, that's not why. <laughs> that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, Mercury is not in retrograde. I'm sorry. That is your fault. <laughs> But yeah, I just like that the website for it just says like, no, something else must be bumming you out. Yeah, but I can tell you that the moon is currently in Libra and it is in the waxing gibbous, sorry, waning gibbous phase. Um, That's that's about all I can tell you. It was full on the ninth. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I downloaded an app. It sends me reminders, which I like low-key get a bit of a kick out of. Um. 
but yeah. Yeah, so um, I would like to talk about how the house system set some people up for failure. Um, yes. And the most obvious point to bring up is Slytherin. Because mm-hmm. while not all Slytherins are evil, um, we do have to deal with the fact that being surrounded by people of certain opinions will often cause you to internalize those opinions. So if a percentage of racists go into this situation, that's not going to sort you out all that well. You, you may find yourself picking these things up. It's the same way that, say, well-meaning, lonely men will go into certain internet forums and they will come out of those internet forums as the kind of person who was going to do a mass shooting. Mm. And it's all because a group of people were like, showed them acceptance and told them that none of this was their fault. It's not. Mm. And in some cases, like it's not because you don't shower And it's not because you don't have any personality traits um, beyond being interested in a particular thing. It's because you, it's because all women are heartless bitches and we need to stick together and destroy them. Yep. That's what, that's the root of a lot of incel culture. Yep. And it's not good (laughs) Mm -mm. it's so we have children being indoctrinated from the age of 11 to be a certain way yep and in the case of neville longbottom who was constantly nervous and just scared of his own shadow seven years as a gryffindor and like we saw we saw the roots of like what made him a gryffindor in the very first book of course there was the impulse to stand up to harry ron and hermione yeah but he didn't see that himself yes he found his way and the unfortunate thing is that if we're talking about more negative traits that's going to affect the psyche of the child involved Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just you also have to look at like Draco Malfoy. He played the arthholeish Slytherin prince right up until he realized that this was very, very real. And oh god, I can't do this. Yeah, like he had been told from even before he was sorted. But you got to imagine what would have happened to him at home if he had been sorted into Ravenclaw or Gryffindor. Yeah, exactly. Like, you you have to look at these kids as well. Like, Sirius Black is the best example of this. Came from a family of proud Slytherins. Sorted into Gryffindor, was disowned. Yes. Like, it goes a little, it goes a lot more than just their time at school. It's like the whole culture is built 
around these houses. Yeah. And so if we're looking at stuff like the opinion in general that Hufflepuffs are kind of useless, how does that translate into your future as a grown-up? Like do people look at your Hogwarts transcripts and be like, oh, you are a Hufflepuff. I don't have use for a Hufflepuff. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Like going for a job, it's like, oh, I see you went to Hogwarts. Oh, you were a Slytherin. Uh, we're currently not hiring at the moment. Bye. Hmm. It's it's just it gives another element to uh, not radicalize, discriminate uh, against someone. Yeah, and, and they do it without even realizing it. And it does make me wonder which um, houses come out the best in the employment market. Gryffindor. See, I get that, but you'd also have the level, is a Gryffindor a risk? Well, yes. Maybe Ravenclaw as well. I think Ravenclaw would come out too because they're the smarty pantsers. Yeah, it's kind of like being in Ravenclaw is like how so many entry-level jobs are like, you need to have five years experience and a degree. Yeah. Like you said that this was an entry level job. Yeah. But you know, (laughs) yeah, I feel like I, I, you definitely know that Slytherins come out the worst. Yeah. I particularly because most of the death eaters and the dark Lord too were all Slytherins and everybody knows that. But then you look at Lucius Malfoy and he's doing sensationally. So I think that could just be through fear. It could be. I, I'm just thinking that um, like a lot of people who are known to be ruthless in the wizarding, well, in the real world, like they end up with good jobs. Mm. So it does make me wonder if it really is the Hufflepuffs who get sort of like thought of as the slackers. And I yeah, think it maybe. would also depend on industry, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Like I think, Actually, yeah, that's true. I think you would clean up at the ministry as a Slytherin. Yes, but that's because it's politics yes. and all politicians are snakes. Whereas I would think that the healers might have largely been Hufflepuffs. Yeah, most likely. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. Mm. Except um, for except for like, <laughs> and I'm just thinking of um, no offense to nurses or cops because like obviously everyone is different and everyone comes to industries for different reasons. But there is the notable thing that um, male bullies become cops and female bullies become nurses. Yes. Oh yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. That's a meme that's going around at the moment. Oh, I haven't seen the meme. I've just I've just seen that expressed by many many people before. Oh no, um, I saw that on. Uh, well, sometimes that female times. bullies become international film stars. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep. And she's doing okay, which kind of kills me. <laughs> she well, she has the market power to have be taking credit for the existence of. What is now called Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey because everyone went to see the movie and was like, hey, this isn't a Birds of Prey movie, you idiots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will um, name the movie Breakfast at Harley Quinn's. 
Oh, I kind of like that. Because I haven't seen it yet. I've heard good things. It's it's an enjoyable movie. The most of the problem with it is that Margot Robbie wanted to make us believe that this was about anyone but her. Yeah. And she should have just lived her truth. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, there is a, like, minor subplot um, that runs through the thing involving a breakfast sandwich. So, yeah, breakfast <laughs> at Harley Quinn's. <laughs> okay. I kind of like that. Yeah. I could get on top of that. Um, uh, yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard that it's, like, the Thor Ragnarok of the DC Universe. It's just a bit of fun. It is. It's a, it's a lot of fun and, um, like, the big problem that I have with it, of course, is that you can't have Birds of Prey without Oracle and Oracle is not there. Yeah, and that sucks. We definitely had this discussion via text and um, it's just there's so, there's such a history at this point of superhero movies just cutting out disabilities <laughs> Like the one, yeah. the one character that they've allowed to be consistently disabled. Well, there's two. There is Charles Xavier, and there is Daredevil. Uh, yes, that's it. That's that's a lot of disability. I don't know what you're talking about, Fee. <laughs> we How have, much more do you want? We have two whole white men. Two whole white <laughs> men who are disabled. What more do you want? (laughs) They are straight white men. That's all that exists. (laughs) Um, Yo, yo, neither of them are straight in fan fiction, let's be honest. (laughs) And like most most noted um, uh, for us um, straight white man who should have been disabled, Hawkeye. Yeah, he should have been deaf. Whenever whenever I see a headline about Eternals that say um, Eternals will feature the first deaf superhero on screen and I was like, well, we should have had a deaf superhero since 2011. Mm. Yeah, so let's not talk about Jeremy Renner right now. He's not a very nice man. He's not a very nice man and he plays, let's call him Barney from now on in. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying that Clint is somewhere else and Barney has taken his place. Clint is stuck in an elevator somewhere and needs to be rescued. <laughs> <laughs> he's been in there for years, you guys. He's making, he's making his own elevator music too. <laughs> do, 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 do. Um, Which sounds especially awful because he can't hear it. Yeah, his battery in his hearing rate <laughs> ran out. <laughs> that battery is long since dead. Yep. Uh, but yeah so uh, you <sighs> pigeonholing yourself into a house is great and a lot of fun but also your personality is going to change although those of you who like a couple of my friends have taken the quizzes every single time and have not changed good on you i like it stick to your guns yeah. that's fine uh, same as people who take the Myers-Briggs quiz a couple of times and have never, ever changed away from their Myers-Briggs personality. That's great. I uh, just must be some kind of rapidly flowing river that just is ever-changing, which uh, my boyfriend would attest to that. I changed my <laughs> mind 40 times in three seconds. I mean, maybe it's an ADHD thing that you change. Maybe. I think it also might be that I'm very, very aware of my ADHD, so I adapt and change myself around that as to not be annoying. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I've done a Myers Briggs once, and it was. Matt read it out to me and there was one, I can't even remember what it was, but um, there was this one I could not for the life of me figure out which of the two options I was that I was being offered. And then he got Mm. the examples and there was one of them so viscerally upset me that I actually burst into tears at the concept and was like, okay, that's the answer. Oh, no. (laughs) I... I, when I first did the Myers-Briggs, I got, I'm pretty sure I got INFJ, which uh, I can't remember what those words stand for. Yeah, I have no Uh, recollection of what I ended up with. uh, I got, uh, yeah, INFJ is, hold on, I can remember this. I'm sure I can remember this. (laughs) I think it's like intuitive, uh... Ah, fuck it. I can't remember. But INFJ is basically like they're a really rare personality type. Okay. Um, they're called the advocate because they've got this uh, sense of idealism and morality and they're dreamers, but they've got this like drive while they dream, which, you know. It's you. It's a, yeah. It's like that makes sense to me. But then I took it again a few years later and I got I and TJ, I think it was. So, like, part one part of me changed. Oh, uh, the thinking part of me. So, that's right. So, INFJ. Oh, man. I'm going to have to look it up now because it's going to bother me. Uh, While you're looking at that, I did do my um, natal chart, which may be off by a few minutes because I know that I was born at roughly 3.30, which that's not what that says, and I'm going to – quickly change that because so all right well why you change that um so infj is introverted intuitive feeling and judging but the i was like 50 percent i 50 percent uh four, yeah 51 percent uh introvert 49 percent extrovert so i can be extroverted if i want to be um i mean so the thing intuitive the concept of yep. introvert and extrovert on its own is incorrect (laughs) yeah it really is yeah like I know that I have to be extroverted and out there at work but in my personal life I'm actually quite reserved I like to sit back I like to be at home I just like to be alone um so yeah the one thing that changed between me doing it one year and me doing the next was that feeling zone so INFJ introverted intuitive feeling and judging which basically means that i I will like feel gut instinct Mm. as to whether or not I should do something or not. And then when I did it again, I got INTJ, which is your introversion, intuition, thinking, and judgment, Um, which that thinking part changed. And the only way I can think why that thinking part would have changed was because I was going through, I was learning how to manage people. Okay. Yeah. And instead of relying on my feelings, I had to suddenly rely on – I had to suddenly learn how to use my brain to come to a conclusion about something. I still rate really highly in intuition, so I do still listen to my intuition. I'm just less likely to let my emotions and my feelings get involved. Okay. Um, but looking at, like, the explanation of these personalities, I definitely still prefer to identify more with the INFJ, which I guess comes into the Slytherin versus Gryffindor. Mm. So – 
Anyway, what does your birth chart say? I love birth charts. They're my favorite. <laughs> so my son is Scorpio, as we knew. Uh-huh. My moon is Capricorn and my ascending is Pisces. Oh, very nice. I have no idea what any of this means. <laughs> well, on that website, if you scroll down, your character and inter- your chart interpretations are okay. there for you to peruse at your leisure. Excellent. Um, yeah, so you're a water sign. What was it, a Capricorn? Uh, Capricorn, Capricorn moon and Pisces ascending. Uh, no, Capricorn is a... Capricorn is a earth sign, um, and then a Pisces is a water sign. So you're two water signs and an earth sign, okay. which is pretty cool. Um, I am a water sign, a fire sign. Uh, I'm two water signs and a fire sign. So that's fun for mm. anyone who knows who and anyone who's involved with me. <laughs> uh, but basically, your sun sign is. Uh, what your first, um, like your first part of your personality is. Your moon sign is your mood and emotion and your ascending sign is basically the mask that you wear when meeting new people. So it's both your appearance and your personality mashed together. Okay, so like I'm a Pisces at work, for example. Yeah, yeah, basically. Because because I have to talk to people all day who I do not know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So your, your, your rising ascending sign is generally the first personality traits people exhibit when they're like first meeting people or in an uncomfortable situation. Like trying to convince someone to go to work. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Which um, was <laughs> this afternoon. It's like, can you please go get this person out of bed, please? <laughs> No one will go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. See, whereas my ascending sign is Aries, so I tend to quick think quickly, race into stuff without planning. I, uh, I, I observe a lot, but I'm also like, can we do this now? Now, I need this done now. Get it done now. Um, it's rapid, rapid succession of you're too slow. (laughs) Please let me do it. Um, which I have been told at work, uh, that I, according to some of my new juniors who have been now with us for about eight months, they're like, you're like very assertive and very quick, but also like this weird combination of chill. This is Cleo. She's so cool. And she's like, you're this like assertive, but chill person. And I don't know how (laughs) I'm like, what? And she's like, you basically like, I've seen you something's, something's pissed you off. You've exploded about it for three seconds and then you've gone, yeah, cool, okay, whatever. <laughs> and she's like, I can't work out whether you're bottling it or whether you really just kind of let it go that quickly. I'm like, oh, no, I let it go that quick. Like I'm not even joking. Like I will be angry about something. I'll explode about it. And once it's all come out of my mouth, I go, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> like whatever. Perfect example of this is the other day someone threw out my, I know exactly who it was. She threw out my lunch in the work fridge because she looked at it and smelled it and it was vegan mac and cheese and vegan cheese doesn't quite smell right. Yeah. Um, and since no one at work is really vegan, she's like, Oh, this stinks. So I was just eating it cause I, it was tasty. Um, 
and and so she threw it out. And then when I went to get my lunch, I was like, "Fuck, stupid! My lunch is gone. I'm so mad." Bleh. Went, cracked it at my boss, who happened to be in the office at the time. Went out, bought my lunch, and then she called me while I was on my lunch break. And because I had already cracked it, when she was like, "Oh my god, Kelly, I'm so sorry. Like, can I buy you lunch? Can I do this?" I was just kind of like, nah, man, it's cool. I've already eaten. Like, I'm good. <laughs> and just started laughing about it. <laughs> and she was like, oh, my God, Fenura said you were so mad and, like, you were so pissed off at me and I feel so bad. I'm like, yeah, it's all cool, man. Don't worry about it. She's like, I'm going to go get you a bubble tea. And I'm like, okay. And that was that was it. It was over within half an hour. <laughs> I will accept bubble teas. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But I think it was a combination of I was hungry when I found out that my lunch had been thrown out. <laughs> so I was, I cracked it and then I was fine. And I do that a lot with like everything in my life. I have very rarely been hangry to my knowledge. But the other day I like it was happening and I was just like, we just need to go get the food and I'm not going to talk much until we get the food because I don't want to <laughs> yell at you, my beloved boyfriend. <laughs> I've, I have, I have been in that, I have been in that zone before a lot, actually. <laughs> I just switch off. Which like in contrast to um, friend of the pod, KC, <laughs> um, there was some delay with getting dinner and like someone was just like just have some toast and like she screams I hate toast (laughs) and like storms out of the room (laughs) I don't know that's perfect I don't know if she actually hates toast (laughs) (laughs) oh dear um, no, she probably doesn't hate toast. She was probably just so annoyed mm. that, yeah, yeah, I love that. I've done that before. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I am a like wild personality, but I'm like super chill at the same time. Mm. Which, and I know lots of people don't believe this, but that does kind of fit the Aries fire sign rising sign and a sun Scorpio. So it's like another language. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, astrology. Yeah. Yeah. I really like astrology and I get laughed at a lot for liking astrology, but I really just don't give a fuck because I, th- there, I think it's interesting. There has been a rise in interest in astrology and I think it's to do with the decline in interest in religion. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, people worshipped the stars before, basically before they worshipped anything else. Yeah. People have always been looking up and tracking where the stars are. Why, who isn't to say that there is some kind of mystical magic behind it? Sorry, I just had to go grab the cat because the cat oh, was nearby, so. Yeah, it just, it kind of annoys me when people are like, uh, the moon and astrology, like, have no relation to anything. It's like. Dude, we are like 90% water as human beings and the moon controls all of the water on Earth. Like, how can that not affect us? Yeah, and that's a fairly old concept. I think that like Aristotle or Plato first posited that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, it wasn't with the knowledge that we are however much percent water, but it was just like the brain is wet. Yeah, my my tongue is also wet, therefore water. <laughs> it was just like the brain is wet, so the moon must affect the brain because it affects the tides. Because, um, you know, well, they can... That's where the word lunatic comes from. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Um, but, like, I mean, even... Uh, the goddesses uh, had things to do with the the moon, like Maiden Mother Crone. Mm. Uh, the, the in most in most cultures, the moon was usually a goddess, and the sun was a god. Yes, yeah. I just I like it. I think it's interesting, and I think it has years upon years upon years of history behind it that is just so fascinating to read through. Mm. And I mean, there, there was there was a time where astrology and astronomy were the same concept. Yes, we divided them to move the scientific thing away from the more spiritual thing. It's much the same as alchemy and chemistry are the same thing. <laughs> Uh-huh. It's just, they are. it's just that um at some point they were like there's a lot of weird shit associated with alchemy and we need a new word. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was as simple as that. It's like, well, we're not going to be trying to turn shit into gold anymore. So um new name? <laughs> yeah. Chemistry. Hmm. Chemistry works fine. Yes. We are working with this thing that we have decided to call chemicals. Uh-huh. We're going to call it chemistry. Genius, really. Hmm. <laughs> ah, but um, yes, anyway, but back to your topic. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, no, I think people, definitely people in the wizarding world would have been discriminated against or something did just pop into my head um it, it might be something that is just so heavily thought about while you're in the walls of hogwarts that once you're out people are like yeah we don't give a shit anymore mm. like we just fucking don't care whatever like it just seems way more important to the children and the teenagers who have to live it every day but then once you're out you're out yeah it's kind of like how even if you weren't friends with someone at school, you will meet them outside of school and you will talk like normal people who have a lot of yeah. history together. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is maybe how um, uh, Lucius Malfoy is so damn uh, successful is that once you're out of school, you're out of school. Mm. Things like Slytherin and Gryffindor don't really hold stock outside of the school yeah and it, i mean money will always affect how you're perceived oh absolutely so like regardless of what a cunt he is like Lucius mm. Malfoy is a very rich man yep yep he sure is yeah so i think we have reached a conclusion 
Yeah, I think um, I feel like I had more to say, but I can't really recall. What did I text you? Um, Yeah, it will pigeonhole you. That's right. Um, with, With the fact that you're not really able to learn from people who are different from you being so segregated during such formative years, Yes. I imagine that you would also just mean that your ability to move through certain situations would be drastically hamstrung. Mm. Like, yeah. as much as we're talking about how, like, you know, people you went to school, went to school with that you didn't really know very well, you might have like a good conversation with them. There's also the factor that someone will be like, Oh, you like if someone is in a position of power, oh, you were in my house, weren't you? Like mm. if if you've if you're say looking at a Ravenclaw boss, they're like, oh, you were in Ravenclaw, huh? Hmm. I think I think that you're the kind of person that I want to what I want on my team here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it it brings in a whole new branch of like favoritism and classism in a way. Yeah, it does actually. And like British culture is class driven in a way that you and I can't really get the hang of. Yeah. Cause like, well, there's definitely differences in class in Australia. It's not rigid like it is or not as rigid. Like there's nowhere near the amount of um, social mobility that used to exist in the yeah. early stages of the 20th century. Um, well, that's because the people who came here first were all very low class. Well, <laughs> assumed assumedly low class they were the people that were arrested for silly trivial things but mm. also murder so you know uh not so many murderers because the murderers tended to just be executed that's true although some people were sent over here because they murdered them yeah maybe maybe if it was sort of like well extenuating circumstances we don't feel comfortable with actually executing you for this yeah. So I mean, it, yeah, there's not a there's not the same kind of class system in Australia as there is in England because we don't have like that royal family. Mm. And we do we do uh, have the ties in with like because we're part of the Commonwealth, we do have particular moves towards like the aristocratic structure. Of England, but like yeah. we don't really have we don't have lords of areas of Australia. <laughs> no, we have people who think that they're lords of areas of places, but really they're just dumb cunts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's um, yeah, the way Harry Potter works because it it works on a class system. Harry Potter, if it was set. like Harry Potter and I mean the school if it was the books were set in America it wouldn't be the same 
as much as um, they really tried to make um, Ilvermorny a carbon copy of Hogwarts. Yes. It, we've talked about how much that wouldn't work. Uh-uh. Hell, that wouldn't even work here. No. Yeah, that wouldn't even work here in Australia. There's just too many different cultures in America and in Australia. Yep. Like one school to cover all of Britain makes sense because like Britain kind of (sighs) – Britain has been a constant for a long time. (laughs) Like when we're talking about a culture that hasn't – like it's evolved but like it hasn't had an enormous – input from other countries on a huge shifting scale Mm. since the Norman conquest. Yeah. Like when you're talking about literally thousands of years with the same population being in power, things don't super shift a enormous degree. No, God, no. No, they don't. Um, like we, everything evolves, but the it all everything has to be shifted along the same sort of direction. Yes, yeah, they do. Whereas you look at, you know, all of the countries that say Napoleon invaded, they had massive social changes based on that because suddenly everything was more French. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Mm. A lot more French. Oh. Hold on. I was going to say something then, and then I got distracted. Oh man, I give up. My brain's just come to a grinding halt. Yeah. Well, I think it's time for us to wrap this one up anyway. Yes. Yes, we did kind of go on a lot of tangents. Yeah. Yeah, but we do that. <laughs> We do that a lot. You guys have to be used to tangents by now, right? Yes. All right. Well, you can find me on Twitter at raven.com or on Bronze Pig Media. We have our own Twitter for that. Uh, you can find me at Ray is a writer, R-A-E, uh, if you want to try and find me on there. Otherwise, if you're on the Facebook page, I usually float around there a little bit. Yes, if you search Potter Nonsense Podcast on Facebook, you will find our group. Um, you just have to answer the question so we can make sure that you are not a robot. Although if you are, I, would be, I wouldn't say no. Depends on the kind of robot. If you're the kind of robot that is going to try and sell us stuff, absolutely not. If you're the kind of robot that just wants to be friends, come along. But not not wants to be friends in the way that, like, the robots on Tumblr do. (laughs) Yeah, they're weird, man. Don't be one of those. Don't be a Tumblr bot. (sighs) Tumblr. What are we talking about? Tumblr doesn't exist anymore. We wish it didn't exist anymore, (laughs) but alas, it is still there. Um, anyway on that note (laughs) yes um so we would love to hear from you all um send your harry potter related questions send your non-harry potter related questions we might do a q a um a good place to send those questions would be bronzepigmedia at gmail.com 
just so that I don't lose things in the Twitter feed. Yeah, and I I tend to see something and go, oh, cool, and then forget about it. Yeah. Um, Oops. You're right? Yeah. No, I mean, I forget about it. Oh. Oops. It's nothing personal. I, th- I, th- I just feel bad. I, th- I thought that you'd drop something or something like that. <laughs> no, that, that noise is usually more of a... <laughs> All right. Well, yes. Until next time, mischief managed. Mischief managed. Toodles. Potter Nonsense is a production of Bronze Pig Media and is recorded in Queensland and South Australia. If you liked the show, please rate, review, and subscribe so that others can find us. You can contact us on Twitter at Bronze Pig Media or by email at bronzepigmedia at gmail.com. And the unfortunate thing is that. If we're talking about more neg- neg- negative. Hmm. That's a new one. Mm. Bronze Pig Media. Oink.